really got to try on that left-hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. Hello, hello, cheers, welcome, welcome to the Scrum of the Earth, the podcast that offers news, results, predictions, and hopefully every now and then, you know, maybe a little insight every now and then, who knows, all about the world of rugby union. I am David Lawrence. I am so excited to be back again this week. I'm an American rugby fan. I follow rugby all over the globe. Um, for transparency's sake, I always like to say the teams I root for are at the club level, the New England Free Jacks, go Free Jacks. Internationally, I root for my USA Eagles above all, and then I root for Scotland. But generally, what I'm always looking for is good rugby wherever I can find it. So I intend to put out at least one pod per week. Uh, this is the second official episode. Thank you. Thank you for coming along. Uh, you know, I see a small number of listens to the things I've already put out this far. And I, I just have to say, I am truly tickled. It's just great. I have like, you know, a potential nine listeners and that blows my mind. I love it so much. So if you're one of those people, thank you. I, it's possible two of them are me, like checking it out on my phone or something. Anyway, each and every week, what I'm going to do is in this order, I'm going to do current updates. What's up with me? I'm going to do some news. What's happening around the world of rugby union. I'm going to do things to chew on, what has me interested or annoyed this week. This is also is a good place for you, the listener, to interject and give me something to talk about. Uh, then I'll do scores. Uh, rugby fans, uh, I guess the majority of rugby fans across the globe would call this results rather than scores, but same thing. I'll do some upcoming matches. Uh, I'll do some look ahead and then do some predictions. I do not claim any special insight, but somehow I'm, I've am i proven pretty pretty good at it so uh it could easily be dumb luck could just be you know anything like that so let's get on with it well as you may have heard my usa eagles have scheduled a match against the new zealand all blacks Whew. It, it's making me sweat a little bit uh, it's going to be in late October, October 23rd to be specific. Uh, it's going to be played at FedEx Field near Washington, D.C. It's obviously a money grab, but I don't care because we're bankrupt, so that sounds good. Uh, I'm Because this is current updates, which has to do with me, I am very happy to report that I have secured my ticket, my plane, and my hotel for the occasion. Uh, if any of you have any insights as to what I can expect from this kind of trip, you know, please let me know. I am at of scrum. Please uh, email me at the scrum of the earth at gmail.com. You know, let me know what to expect. Uh, to be honest, I have heard bad things, n not good things about FedEx field. Uh, yeah. Not just the karma of the owner and uh, the team, but the actual facility. So be very curious to find out. Uh, please let me know. So, Let's look for some news. Speaking of the USA Eagles, they have other matches scheduled. Like This is the most USA Eagles news I can remember in as long as I've been following rugby. We've got uh, matches against Canada uh, twice in a row. We have Canada in September in Nova Scotia, and then we have them again in Las Vegas. 
uh, if we win those, so the, the stuff I'm reading is like, oh yes, we're definitely winning those. I'm not so convinced. I think Canada, I think we're pretty even. It depends depends on who's available and who's released, I guess, from their clubs. Uh, but if we do manage to get the better of them, we will advance to see Uruguay. Uh, the The official website is ambiguous, and it's hard to tell what's up. It, it seems to imply that we would have to play them twice. Uh, it's, it's a little awkward. Um, but we have other matches, too, then... As I said, uh, they're going to be coming to D.C., and I'm going to go see them then. And the week after that, they're going to go to Las Vegas to see Ireland. So Ireland in Las Vegas. Uh, can we uh, place bets on how much beer is consumed on that weekend uh, citywide? Although I guess it's Vegas, so whatever. Things to chew on. You know, so there's been... <laughs> There has been a lot of controversy around Razzy Rasmus this week. And so I've mentioned before, I like his sneaky little tactics. I like the way he finds to get his team an edge. And by the way, some of the the uh, analysis I've heard this week is like, he didn't care anything about the video or the officials or anything else. His entire goal was to steal the focus away from his players who might not have done that well and put it somewhere else, which... If that's the case, it absolutely worked. Uh, if it, even if it wasn't intentional, it worked. So uh, he might be a genius, or he might be an accidental genius. Who knows? Uh, so, so David Flatman, I think it was on the Flats and Shanks podcast, a podcast I love. Um, I'm going to be paraphrasing. I hope I don't get it wrong. He basically said, you know, once. Rassi does something like this, though. If if nothing happens, if there's no consequence, if he gets away with it, everybody else now has permission to do that. Like, every coach can do that after every test from now on. And that just, you know, I think the implication is that cannot be. And uh, I, I couldn't agree more. I do imagine world rugby is going to find some way to sanction or, I don't know, at least levy a fine against him but i have the i don't know i have the impression that they're gonna they're gonna wait until the line series is over that just seems like the world rugby way to do things kind of kind of kind of kind of dumb okay okay scores or results so it, it was the final so i as an american i i have to start with the major league rugby final the la team versus the atlanta team so, but I got to take a quick pause. In my opinion, Major League Rugby kind of blew it just in the last two weeks with the semis and with the final. So all year, I admit we have been incredibly lucky to have the rugby network, the online uh, source where we can watch all the games. It's been amazing. That came out of nowhere. There was no like... Hey, everybody, we might have this. It just came out of nowhere and we got it. It was awesome. It's been so good to watch MLR all year. So, but then, I don't know, at one point, they decided, okay, for the last, for the semis and for the final, only CBS will cover these things. Which seems to be reasonable, like, you know, if you have cable. But um, a lot of people like me don't have cable right now i don't have a, a cable television provider i have internet you know i have an internet provider but not a television provider so 
that immediately precludes you from getting it. I'm not going to go through the the mental gymnastics and, and just reliving it to tell you all the hoops I went through. But at like 3.30 Eastern time, you know, thinking I'll sign up for whatever I need to to watch this final uh, through 4.45, uh, it was just wall after wall after hurdle after hurdle. It was terrible. Um, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to go on Twitter and bash them. Major League Rugby did a great job this year making the games more accessible. Uh, to to uh, to drop the ball here at the last minute, it's a little tough. A little tough. But I have faith, and I think we're going to do better next year. So uh, let's hope we can we can do that. Anyway, after the fact, I was able to catch some highlights. Uh, it seems like. I don't know. For the most part, it was a, a pretty tight, hard-fought game. I have to admit, uh, I have a little sour taste in my mouth, kind of feeling like L.A. just kind of waltzed up to the league and was like, we're going to buy ourselves a title, and it kind of worked. <laughs> Full disclosure, I feel like uh, if the theoretical drink for which they are named actually existed, I could maybe, you know, make a couple of those and then relax and feel a little better. But right now... I don't know. I think I have the first MLR team I'll be actively rooting against going forward. Speaking of their team, Matt Gitto, you know, I guess he's one of the reasons I'm talking about it. He ended up scoring the majority of their points, I think for the whole season, probably. Uh, he has been beyond solid. He's he's so good. He's one of the guys I watched before he came into Major League Rugby. Uh, he, You know, he's one of these guys who has essentially retired and then said, oh, I'll go play your much easier version of this sport. And, uh, you know, he's proved to be a great investment for L.A. Uh, he got that last penalty with under two minutes to go, which felt like the nail in the coffin. But, you know, all credit to Atlanta. They should be so proud that last, you know, at the death, they got that extra try. You know, it didn't help the chances. Like, they, they couldn't win the game at that point. But I feel like that was a little a little boost of confidence. Uh, I think they overachieved, as I've said before, this year. And I think now the expectations are going to be much higher next year. I think they're like, yeah, we can hang. We're, we're here. We're here. Uh, however, uh, my New England Free Jacks are going to be a lot better, too. So maybe we'll see. Okay. In other action, you may have been hearing about this uh, this Lions versus Springboks series. It seems like it's kind of a big deal. Uh, it has not disappointed if you're an American and you are confused about terms like tests and selection and uh, other slightly different terminology that you find in rugby union, I am going to do a new pod, uh, a glossary episode later this week. I think it could be useful. Won't help with this series, though. <laughs> a little late. So the second test between the Britty Kitties and the Springboks, I thought, was an amazing game. Uh, I've been hearing a lot of complaining about it in the last day or so. So I've noticed uh, when when pundits want to say a game was boring, but they somehow loved it anyway, they like to say, uh, it, it was one for the purists. So uh, if this was one of those games, I guess I'm officially a purist because I was on the edge of my seat for most of it, you know, and, until late. As soon as it comes to the point where it's mathematically impossible for somebody to come back, you know, there it is. South Africa, they were so physical. They were so hyped up for this match. It, it felt like uh, it felt like they were going to score a load of tries right off the bat. So their first, I'm pretty sure, three opportunities to take an easy three points on a kick. 
They, they, they spurned everyone in favor of trying to get more. They kept going to the corner. And I have to say, I was actually surprised when they took that first penalty. So it's a, it's a credit to the Lions. They were able to keep them at bay as long as they did. And just huge defense from both sides in this match. Uh, looking ahead, you know, I imagine there's going to be <laughs> there's going to be more changes this week than last week. That's what I'm pretty sure of. Uh, so I got okay. I got to bring it up. So Duhan, uh, I know Scottish fans, you love to call him Iron Dew. I, I like it. That's the best nickname that we've come up with. It's just not good enough, and I I, I don't want it. So Duhan. When he got shown that yellow card, could you not see it writ large on his face? His expression said so much. It said, I am not getting picked again next week. And uh, I think his face was right. I think uh, if that's how it unfolds, I'm not going to be surprised. I don't think anyone else will be. Uh, other bad news, I guess, as a Scots fan, uh, Stuart Hogg, I think, is going to the bench at best. I think Stuart is – I don't think he's making the 23. I'm just, I'm just saying it. And because he's, at this point, such an unknown quality and quantity, like Finn, Finn can't get picked right now, right? You can't be like, oh, here's somebody who's coming back from an injury and I have no idea how well it's going to go and it's the third test in a Lions series. Let's just throw him in there. Gatlin's not doing that, so it could be a bad week for Scottish fans of Lions rugby. Uh, other things about this this match, there's been a lot of talk about Cheslin Colby, uh, whether he should have gotten a red card. So I, I feel like technically, yeah, that's what it should have happened. In my heart, I'm kind of glad it didn't. Uh, I've heard people say how enforcement is biased based on size. And I think that's absolutely true. If the situation had been the reverse, Curry would have been sent off for the rest of the way, uh, and he would have been spending the last like two-plus days enduring a, a constant <laughs> constant flood of social media calling him a monster, and so on. But, on the other hand, Cheslin Colby's smaller than I am, and uh, Tom Curry is not. Uh the, the size of the person smashing you when you're getting smashed uh, probably matters, right? I don't know. It's ambiguous for me. But I do have – so here's my theory about red cards. I think I have a good one. I can't believe nobody else has come up with this, frankly. So last couple of years, people are complaining about red cards. There's been so much talk, angry talk, about how they are adjudicated. So I've heard the idea about the orange card. sounded interesting. Lots of ideas like this, but I think I have it. Seems to me the reason so many people are angry about how cards are officiated is because of how they used to be officiated, right? Because in the old days, it wasn't about like concussion awareness, and now the the whole the whole focus the the lens is different. So here's my idea: there are two types of red cards. You have a technical red where, for example, a player collides with another player's head, and according to the guidelines now in place, that warrants a red. Boom. He's off. Sorry. You didn't mean to, but you did it. But then you have the malicious red. 
where a player actually targets another or or does something you know intentionally nasty, gouging, biting, any of the. <laughs> I almost started to make a list, and I was like, "This list is grim." Uh, but when somebody says, "I'm going to do something to hurt you," that's a different type of red. So it, it kind of seems like there should be a differentiation, right? So they don't have to make that determination during the test or the the, the match or whatever. The um, they just it's a red a red is a red and sorry, but then after the match they say okay was this technical red or was this malicious red? If your red was just technical, you don't get any more consequences. You're back the next game, no problem. It was just it happens. You, sometimes you bang heads. If it was malicious, then they consider suspensions or whatever else they do, the fines and other things that they do to sanction players. I gotta say. Uh, Pretty simple and uh, pretty obvious. Uh, so y'all should start listening to me. Anyway, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot more coverage globally of this series. And of course, the squad selections will be revelatory when they are leaked or released this week. At that point, I may have to do an emergency pod. But as Robert Burns once accurately assessed, the best laid schemes of mice and men gang after glee. Okay, follow up to last week's pod. So on my last week, I guess this is uh, the the toot my own horn segment. Uh, I said, quote, Alan Wynn Jones' ability to talk to the assistant, who then tells the head ref exactly what he thinks, is amazing. At this stage of his career, this may be his greatest skill. He absolutely worked that crew. It was amazing. So uh, I guess Rassi felt the same way because... uh, you know, Sia Khaleesi at the time was trying to get the lead ref's attention, but in the meanwhile, AWJ is just chatting away with an assistant. So, believe me, I, I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to watch the hour long rant, the the Rassi rant this week. I, I couldn't do it. But he clearly seemed to notice the same thing. And uh, what I noticed this week was that was the result. Is every single time there was a you know the the, the refs started talking to each other. Any players who got near them, they said, we're not talking. We're not talking. We're not talking. We're in the middle of looking at this, and we'll tell you. It was just off. So um, I don't know if um, – I, I wonder if Rassi would think that was a, a gain. Uh, he won the game. It, I, I'd be really curious, you know, if 10 years from now, if there's, if there's a Rassi book, I want to read it because I, I want to hear all about all this stuff. Uh, by the way, speaking of Alan Wynn Jones, so during the broadcast on Saturday, they mentioned that he now had become the fifth most, <laughs> the fifth most capped lion of all time. So I took it to Twitter and I said, "Hey, Twitter, uh, who are the people you know ahead of him? Who are the four people ahead of him?" But you know, I'm not really a presence on Twitter, and nobody answered. So I went and looked it up. The answers are. You had for Ireland. You had Willie John McBride. Uh, he he has seventeen caps for the Lions. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, the next closest person is four away, who's uh, Dickie Jeeps, which is a pretty great name. It feels like a I don't know a line of dungarees. Is that a word? Uh, Ireland's Mike Gibson uh, got twelve caps. Grand Price for Wales got twelve, and as of Saturday. Wales, Alan Willem Jones also has 11. Uh, he just busted out of a pack of, I think, three or four people who had 10. 
of course, there's one Scottish player who had nine caps, who's close to that. Only one Scottish player in the in the big list, and uh, I'll re- I'll reveal his name at the end of the pod. Okay, in any event, that brings us to upcoming matches and my little old predictions. So in the final test between the Lions and South Africa, I see yet another slugfest of a match. Uh, I just, <laughs> I can't wait for the intensity. So I've only just in the last few hours realized I'm going to be out of town when the match is actually live, which I have discovered means that I won't be able to actually watch it until Saturday night. Uh, which is rough because this happened to me last last weekend. Uh, it took me, I think, I think Peacock delayed it almost eight and a half hours before you could actually watch the replay. It was rough. Uh, if you want to learn more about issues with watching rugby in the United States, uh, please check out my bonus pod just released earlier uh, entitled, So How Do I Watch Rugby in the USA? So before this series started, I felt... I felt very sure that I wanted a couple of things. I wanted a, I wanted the players representing Scotland to do very well. And I wanted B, I wanted South Africa to win. You know, now I, I, I just don't know. So a is already a fading prospect. It doesn't look good. And the fact is, I just don't know who to root for right now. So in the intro to this pod, I always say, what I really root for is good rugby. So I guess it's time to live that out and, you know, watch this decider as a true neutral. I'm not going to root for anybody. But I do feel obligated to make a prediction. So in my little crystal ball, I see some certain English players getting the yips, getting the yips a little bit, just because they're going to be remembering what the World Cup was like. They were there. And it went really badly, and I think it's going to be in their heads. I think this is going to make them play a little tight. I think they're going to be a little, eh, right on the edge of nervousness. I think that tiny bit is going to allow the Springboks to break away late in the game. Give me the Bockies to, uh, to, to beat the Britty Kitties, to take the series win, getting out of Cape Town with a 10-point victory. That, that could be way out of line, but so far, everything I've said has been right. So, Okay, amazingly, after that, so upcoming matches, the boringly named but very exciting Rugby Championship, or BNBVERC for short, will begin on August 7th, the, the same, uh, same day as the last Lions test. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, by the way, oh, by the way, Quick tip, if you want to find the schedule for the the boringly named but very exciting rugby championship, do not use their official website. It is bollocks. It doesn't make sense. Uh, I think whatever intern they hired to update it has fallen asleep. Uh, the info is totally wrong, and it's absent lots of crucial data. But the World Rugby site does have the fixtures listed, so... There'll be a, the first test between the All Blacks and the Wallabies, the ABs and the Wallabies. Uh, it'll kick off in Eden Park on the same day as the Clincher for the Lions series, August 7th. And then, <laughs> it's almost hard to believe, the box will then one week later have to host Argentina. Uh, the, the Pumas have, 
had some real trouble with injuries, so it's unclear on what version of them we'll see. But dang, those uh, <laughs> the South Africans are going to be tired. So to answer our question from earlier, who is the most capped lion from Scotland? That would be Andy Irvine. Irvine? Irvine? Uh, so he must have gone on two, two tours between 74 and 80. He managed to get himself nine caps, I think, all at the fullback position. So one final bit before I call it. As you can imagine, I consume a ton of rugby content each week. I follow multiple leagues. I subscribe to an unreasonable number of podcasts about this great sport. So in the spirit of growing the game, I'm going to start highlighting a pod I listen to each week and give my advice for why you should or shouldn't listen. Uh, to be perfectly honest, my, my motivation isn't entirely based on my love of growing the interest in the game. You know, it is that, but as a botting, uh, botting, a, a botting podcaster, as a budding podcaster, I obviously hope that one of these big boys will listen to, or at least, or at least give me a follow. Anyway, the more fans I get, the more I can spread the love of the game, right? So it's all for that. Okay. Okay. That about does it. So as I say each week, what I really, really want is tons of input from you, the listener. I am new to this game. I will always be open to constructive criticism, obviously until it becomes so big that I can just ignore it. No, untrue, and will never happen. But I would very much like you to submit questions, ideas, anything you want me to talk about at all. Please do, please do, please do. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at of Scrum. You can email me at thescrumoftheearth at gmail.com. Uh, if you want me to, if you want to help me spread the love of the game and the love of this pod to other people, rug, rugby fans, you can help by sharing it. You can, more importantly, leave me positive reviews. Um, so I'm on Anchor and several other platforms, but right now uh, Anchor is the main one I would ask you to go to. Uh, some of the other ones are sort of way behind. So at one point, people were accessing a, a, a garbage file that I had posted accidentally. And uh, I just want to make sure that doesn't keep happening. It was my fault. But And if you listen to it, sorry. So if you go to Anchor, uh, you'll always be the most up-to-date with my content. You'll find an RSS feed. You can add it to your iTunes library or your Apple Podcast library, whatever they call it. So that way you'll never miss a beat. If you leave a five-star review, I will be more than happy and more than sure to read it out loud no matter what it says, provided it is a family rating kind of thing. Because I'm going for clean right now. That's what I'm doing. Oh, I'm so happy. It's been a great weekend. It was only two games and I've talked more than ever. It's very strange. But I think I'm excited about the pod. I'm excited about you, the listener. Uh, thank you. Thank you for coming along. Be well. Cheers. I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening.